Welcome to The Unseen Journey, a podcast dedicated to supporting veterans and their families as they navigate life after the military. We feature mental health experts, stories of resilience against invisible wounds and injuries, as well as practical tools for reacclimation. The Unseen Journey, brought to you by Operation Red Wings Foundation. All right. Hello, everyone. I am your co-host, Guy. I'm joined with my fellow host, Ashley, and our special guest today is Spike, and we're excited to host this for you and uh, get jumping in. Here we go. Ashley. Hey, Guy. Nice to be here. I'm ready to chat with our with our guest that we're going to have on here. I'm so excited to have our first guest be Spike, a staff member at Operation Red Wings Foundation. This podcast is all about exploring that unseen side of the lives of veterans and we really want to deep dive into their stories, experiences, and the extraordinary challenges they faced on their paths to recovery and healing. So, Spike, this you're in the hot seat today. Welcome. Hey, glad to be here. We appreciate you, y'all having me on on the very first podcast. So we promise we're going to take it easy on you. So before we dive in, uh, just a little fun question for you. Uh, what if any superpower would you want to have? Superpower, wow, okay. Um, how about time travel? I think time Ooh. travel would be a great one Ooh. because then, you know, you could go back, check out some history, you know, uh, you know, now that there's some, maybe I go back to an area, get to see some of the cool muscle cars that when they first came out. I mean, there's so many different things, right? Uh, but yeah, I think super tra- uh, you know, time travel would be a would be one. Like I don't know, man. Uh, I I don't want to relive some of those parties. And uh, <laughs> yeah, since we're not focused on me, we're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Say, I don't know what time I'd go back to. There's so many to choose from, and I wouldn't want to mess anything up. That space time continuum. Oh, nice, nice. Like Back to the Future, right? Like. Can't run into yourself. Can't place any bets. I'd fail that one. You will have to write out these these rules, right? That you have to adhere to. Yeah. You know, not that I thought about this before, but you know, write out these rules, and then from there you decide, you know, what is you going to do? And you're like, ah, can't can't do that because you know that's one of the rules that we can't we can't uh, interfere with. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about our guest today, Spike Garcia, a 26 year old veteran. He has currently uh, continued to participate in the military and veteran community as donor relations for Operation Red Wings, deployed on every major deployment with the 111th Fighter Squadron to include Operation Southern Watch at Prince Sultan Air Base, Saudi Arabia, and Anaconda Balad, Iraq, in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I've got that passport stamp. Right here, too, brother. (laughs) He has been an advocate. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. there we go. Is it an advocate for military veterans and their families for over 20 years? Thank you, sir. And has served on several veteran service organizations uh, and their boards, right? Spike is continuing to serve veterans and service members, as I said, director of donations for Operation Red Wing. So, you know, if you're going to get hit with some extra taxes, call Spike. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's. Join me and Ashley in a great welcome for John Spike Garcia. Yes. Quite the bio. I heard when we were getting your bio spike that it was four pages long. I'm sure it was hard to narrow it down. Your 26 years of accomplishments. 
That's a, that's a short bio. <laughs> <laughs> but so before we delve deeper into your journey, Spike, there's something I'm sure our listeners are dying to know where Spike, the nickname came from. So tell us a little well, bit more about it. And I actually know this, though. So I'm excited to hear again. Okay, so. Ooh, ooh. Don't spoil it. I well, have no here's idea. The deal. You, you know volleyball when you come up and you, and, you, and you spike the ball, right? You know, you jump up and you spike the ball, right? That's not it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get it that way. Yeah. It's actually, uh, it has oh, to do yeah, with my you. former commander uh, with the one on one fire squadron. And I was introducing him. It was family day. I was introducing to to my dad and my two sisters. And I was like, you know, we're in the hallway. And I said, he's the commander of the you know, of the operations group, which means that he's in charge of all the pilots and the jets and listen, they were literally starting to go to position of tension, you know, just standing there. And, and my commander, uh, he is, he's just so smooth. The first thing he said was y'all call him Spike. Cause we call him Spike and they busted out laughing, right? He knows how to keep the mood, you know, uh, festival. I was like, Oh my God, they have never called me Spike. But once he he named me, that was it. It has to do with my hair because it spikes up. Uh, so that is, that's how I got my call sign. And that was uh, in the you know, late eighties. <laughs> so I've had the call sign for some time now. That's, that's a, that's a solid background story. And uh, I see you haven't given up the nickname and you certainly haven't. No, actually it's a little right? long right now. <laughs> I should have got the cut, uh, haircut before before the podcast, but uh, it does not matter what I do. It, it, you know, I've had kids come up to me, you know, who have got spiked hair, and you can see so much, you know, you know, uh, gel in their hair to get it, you know, spiked, and you're like, how do you do it? And I'm just like, natural ability. It's kind of like mic drop, and I just walk away, and they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So I I gave an incredibly short you know, uh, snippet of your bio. Um, so, you know, for our guests, there's some unseen journey in your history there. What What are some career highlights you kind of want to throw out that I might have, you know, just Well, I'll right say this. There, there are several that stand out. And uh, my first three years, I was actually active duty Army. And then I, when I came back to, to uh, Houston, then I switched to the Air National Guard, and we were from F-4s, F-16s to, uh, to Predators at the time. Uh, but uh, when I first, uh, when I was in the army, uh, this is when the wall was still up and I actually, uh, got the briefings and, and took the duty train to go through East Germany to Berlin. And I actually went back and forth from Berlin every day for eight days. And I had to go through checkpoint Charlie and I had the form that was actually in Russian and English. Cause we didn't recognize the, the GDR at the time, German democratic Republic. And so uh, you have to be out by midnight every night or they're come in and get you. But I had total access to the city and, and one of I was on a bridge and there was a a, a senior, you know, he, he was a much older gentleman walking very slow and he, he had a cane. And as we approached each other, I realized he was Jewish because he still wore the Star of David on his on his shirt. And when he, when we got to each other, he had the long beard. You know, he he stopped and he saluted me, and I realized that it wasn't saluting me; it was saluting the uniform, who you know I helped, uh, you know, win war too. So that was very significant. Uh, some of the others are have to do with nine eleven, 
uh, on 911. Uh, our F-16s were the one that were uh, that picked up Air Force One, uh, President G.W. Bush in Louisiana, and we provided fighter escort that day, and I was on duty that day. Uh, actually, I was in my civilian job, then went in after the second tower had been bombed because you know I've, I've felt that we were at war. So I reported for duty, and we're loading up all of our jets, and uh, and you know we're launching, and they didn't know what they were, who the target was, and or who they were going to you know uh, provide escort in. And when they the they came across with a Secret Service code name for Air Force One, which is Angel Flight, they had never heard of it because obviously it's classified. And then they realized that, you know, they got the order that it there was there's a there was a boundary around Air Force One which is classified, but no aircraft could get within that boundary of Air Force One. And then several months later, I got to meet President Bush and and uh Laura Bush and Connelly's arise at the footsteps of Air Force One, and he wow. came through, shook our hands, and then he recounted 9-11 to us mm. that day. So that's incredible. Like when you were uh, when you were first talking about 9-11, like I just got like the the chill waves, you know. Um, really cool story too about over in Europe. So uh, I never got to to go visit or see the wall or anything. My sister. Actually, uh, got to study overseas. Came back with a little small piece. You didn't happen to bring back the a wall souvenir, was did you? still up whenever I crossed. We're talking about in 1986. Okay. So that's why I have to enter and exit through Checkpoint Charlie every day in my Class A uniform. Um, and I did try. And here's the thing: uh, most people may not be aware of the wall is. I think it was at the time it was six feet inside the east. So that if they needed to work on it on the site that face, faces the west, they were still on the property of East Germany. But there was a lot of confetti, and it was professionals that would do that. But on the inside, pristine, not touched. And I try to kind of walk my way to to the wall so I can touch it from the inside. And there's towers with this copper, these copper uh, tinted windows. And, you know, Sure enough, there there are some uh, you know uh, Russians that came out or guards, you know, like telling me get away from the wall, and I try to act like Brandenburg Gate. I'm trying to find Brandenburg Gate, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Ashley, I'm I'm hogging well, it all. What's just, on your mind? It's, such, it's so cool to hear. I mean, that's some real history a real part of history and being there even when the wall was still up. I mean, just think of thinking of that, the wall was still up. I think that's just an incredible part of history. I did get to visit uh, Berlin and when the wall was down. And uh, I think I do have a piece of the wall somewhere, Guy. Yeah, from a little touristy shop. But that it's kind of makes me sad that, Spike, when you were there, the wall was up and it was, you know, very historical and reverent so much reverence to it where when i saw it it was really kind of touristy you know checkpoint charlie it was kind of i don't know so it's really cool to hear your point of view from that so wow so so much life in your 26 years of service so tell us a little bit about your transition out of the military what's it like getting out of the air force after 26 years what are your highs your lows what would you do differently maybe 
Well, I was in a very unique situation because being in the National Guard, um, I actually had a civilian job. And so I actually worked 20 years at UPS and retired after 20 years uh, in management. And But I was doing both simultaneously. So the civilian sector was not as new as somebody who had served 26 years only in the military, you know, uh, and so for me, I was familiar with this, with the civilian sector and, and that helped with my transition. In addition to that, I have made a lot of contacts with, with, uh, our unit with the F-16s. We're the high profile unit, you know, of all the groups on base. So anytime they're VIPs, they bring them to where we are. So I was able to start my networking, uh, back then. And, and so, there still was that transition piece because of the resume or the way that when you interact with people, you know, in the military, it is everybody's working towards the mission. Mm -hmm. In a civilian, you can have it where everybody's working to their individual goals that, you know, should be supporting the mission, but may not be as, as collaborative as it is in the, in the military. So that is where, you know, that was still a trend, you know, something that, that, uh, even after certain, you know, working at UPS for 20 years, you know, it did provide that, you know, you know, some, some uh, roadblocks there that you had to overcome. Uh, I went into, I became a project manager in a, a oil and gas service provider, uh, uh, company. And I did that for five years until, oil tanked and then uh you know there was these massive layoffs that occurred and then from there uh, that is when uh you know i had a decision to make in regards to okay what is the path forward here and i was very blessed that i actually got the call from uh the foundation to come in and interview for the position and it had to do with my networking as well you know in context but i would say this going back looking and say what is it i will do differently Mm -hmm. is, you know, understand that, you know, they're veteran-ready um, companies, but that doesn't mean they're veteran-friendly, mm. right? So the, ooh, the thing is this, they may be ready, saying we will hire them, but once they do have them, what do they do? Do, do they have a uh, some type of onboarding where they connect them with another veteran? Those are some of the things that I did help try to to do that with uh, the company I work for. And I've actually worked with a couple of Fortune 500 companies to advise them how to do that as well. Uh, but that is something that, you know, uh, I wish that we had had that was in place that could have helped me. Wow, wow, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's such a cool idea, thinking about, you know, um, all, all us veterans, right, like in the service, you would always have that mentor, right? You would always have that. And Spike, you were a non-commissioned officer. You would always have that expert and you could go to them and say, hey, how? what do I need to do to get better or, or progress my career? And thinking about porting over that, that mentorship model into the civilian workspace uh, to help veterans as they transition, I, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. All right, now let's write a book and go make millions. <laughs> and help all the veterans. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So jumping, Spike, a little bit more into your unseen journey, uh, motivation, 
being the, uh, the the topic. I'm curious, you know, you 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 were in the civilian workforce. You uh, did your 26 years of service, right? You've done all those things, and you found your way onto a couple different boards, uh, donor relations for Operation Red Wings currently. What what was the drive? Like, what where did that internal push come from to not just say, like, I see a need, however, to go one step forward and say, I see a need, and I'm going to do something about it. I think it goes it. back to uh, going back all the way to high school. Uh, I was a lieutenant governor in, in Key Club for my junior or senior year and had 400 kids that I was responsible for. It. And Ooh. at the time, I was in Navasota, Texas, which is a very small town. So it was four. Uh, the other four schools were in four different cities. And so, it, you know, I was responsible to go meet with them and, and you know, help them with their programs, et cetera. And so I started that volunteer at an early age and then it continued in the military. And then as I rose in rank, the, you know, what I would tell uh, my airmen was there's really three areas you need to be focusing on. One is your your development, your uh, support of the mission as far as what your job is. And then what do you do to give back to your community? Ooh. And so to me, that was, uh, yeah, I would, I would look at those three areas and say that those are the three areas that we need to, that we all should be focusing on. So I was trying to develop my airmen so that they would also look at that and, and then give back. I said, because this is one of the most rewarding things. You don't get paid for it, but it's one of the most rewarding things you can do. So I continue to do that. And, and, um, you know, one of the things I do as a volunteer is I'm able to get uh, military and veterans recognized at major sporting events here in Houston. And, oh, you know, someone asked me to if I could quantify the number I've had uh, at different events. And, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, you know what, it's, it's well over 10,000 that I have been able to uh, provide unique opportunities being honored on the court at the, at the NBA basketball, uh, NCAA, uh, the, um, the NCAA uh, championship game, the, uh, you know, so many different arenas, you know, uh, sporting events, you know, as far as footballs, soccer, whatever it is, uh, that I've been able to, to be that liaison to get, give them that opportunity so that others can say thank you to them uh, because either they've served or they're currently serving, uh, you know, it, it is one way to say, hey, you know, the community stands behind you and want to say thank you to you and your family. Man, I love that, Spike. I love that. And love let me it. tell you, because I used to live in the Houston area, as you know, Spike, mm -hmm. and I joined the veteran service world about 10 years ago, and I learned very quickly, you need to get to know Spike Garcia. <laughs> because if you're in the veteran world and you don't know Spike, then you don't really know much because if, and that is what I think makes you such an awesome director of donor relations, because you not only know the playing field, know the pulse on what veterans needs are, not only in the greater Houston area, but just in general for veterans all over the country. So how does that equate over to your role as the director of donor relations with Operation well, foundation i say that the uh, my volunteer interacts with my day job so what i'm doing to help you know uh, recognize uh, veterans or give them you, you know once in a lifetime opportunities uh, 
you know, those those things when you're when you're helping them because you're doing this to you know to help others, as I, I look at it as being a servant leader, then others are aware of that and they're like, you know, that's incredible. You know, and and, and then we transition to what my day job is. <laughs> and how I continue to serve uh, the, my, you know, my community and my fellow veterans. And to me, it's, it's you know, I say I have found my purpose in life. Mm. And that is to, to serve our military and our veterans and their families. It almost seems like it's not even work, right? Like it's one of those, <laughs> what's that saying? You, you, if you find something that you love, then you're, you know, you're not working another day in your life. Yes. And I think you've succeeded in yeah. that. Plus your two retirement checks. By the way, can't skip that one. <laughs> there's a, as you, as you two are both kind of like talking about all that, there's a really cool book, um, Five Levels of Leadership. Um, Spike, you might have heard of it. And um, the, the, the top level is, is called Zenith, right? Like where you're now out and people are trying to live a life like yours, not because of what you've done for them. However, because of everything that you've done as a total package. So Spike talking about like getting to go to a basketball game and, and receive some accolades. I think that's really cool. All right. So Ashley, listening to Spike talk about his history and service and community and listening to you mention that you've already been in it for 10 years. I'm the puppy, three years, working strong. What What's your motivation, right? This is the unseen journey. You're my co-host. What's your motivation back there? I love it, guy. Put me on the spot. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's the thing. So working as a veteran in the veteran service world, it does, it gives me such, it's my purpose for helping not only the other veterans that I serve, but myself. It is a secret little subliminal uh, hidden trick there that it does. It helps me. It gives me purpose. It helps me you know, sleep at the end of the day and, and feel yeah. fulfilled with what I'm doing. Um, and then also learning the tricks of the trade so that I can help myself, help my husband, help the veterans in my community. And it does come very naturally if you just get out and serve in your community. You know, I'm very involved with the VFW, with the American Legion, serving on a couple different boards for veteran organizations. And it comes so naturally because you just get to find people who also want to do that work and who mm -hmm. are like-minded. And it really, you know, I'm a big firm believer in positivity breeds positivity. So if you yes. surround yourself with people who want to help and people yeah. who are doing good things, I mean, it's just, it's a win-win. Uh, yeah. And my favorite thing to say in the veteran service world is there's no shortage of resources. There's a shortage of veterans accessing those resources. And it's, yes. I'm sure you guys can agree, it's our mission to spread the word of, of what's available because there's plenty of people out here who want to help veterans. Yeah, absolutely. Two key things that I I totally love that you you said in there, right? So like, um, Oprah Winfrey, right? Uh, probably heard of her. <laughs> so so she she has this uh, segment that she does with Brene Brown, right? And um, one of the things she says is you is you got to find your your cabinet people, right? The people that you're that that are you're willing to put in your cabinet because you know when 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 you need help when when things are going rough. Those are the people you grab, you reach out for. Right. And like you said, when you start to jump into community service and the veteran service world, like you, you, you find those people like, yep. like people like Mark, our, uh, our guests today. Right. And then the other thing you said is, you know, you just kind of got to get started, right. You just got to get out there 
and find your way. So Spike, I'm coming back over to you, brother. Okay. How, how can people uh, watching, listening to this podcast, how can they, how can they come to a retreat at Operation Red Wing Foundation uh, and, or get involved? You know, I, help us out here. How do, how do they get started? As Ashley said. Well, first of all, I'm sure that there's going to be a place that will have the website uh, embedded <laughs> into this uh, recording here. But, you know, the, the thing is, uh, uh, ORWfoundation.org uh, uh, is our website. And from there, you can find so much information. You can sign up for our monthly news, newsletter, which I highly recommend. There's so so much great information. There are testimonials, events that are coming up. Uh Keep you updated on what's going on with what we're doing uh, with Operation Red Wings Foundation, uh, and then those uh, participants, you know, those veterans, those success stories, they're they're amazing. There's a email there, you know, retreat at orwfoundation.org. You can uh, send an email in, and then from there you'll be contacted. And next thing you know, you're going to have a date whenever you're going to be able to go to a program. Want to know what's expected? You know what what you think, or excuse me, uh, it'll give you information on what to expect during a retreat. You know what is uh, what is that uh, course curriculum? That's great information. The That's different so types, yeah, the different types of programs that are available. You know, the individual veteran, the spouse, you know, the couples, the family, and you know, if are you unsure if are you suffering from the uh, from any of the symptoms? There's a survey that you can take and read that and say, yes, I am. Okay, you're eligible because we do not require an intake or a diagnosis. So uh, the key is, is that you either have served or currently serving, and it doesn't matter which area it is. So uh, there, and then there's, you know, if you want to put on an event, uh, there's information there that you can fill out and then we'll contact you. And if you need help with some ideas, I can do that. I can help you. If you got to, I think I know what we would like to do. That's something that I like to do, you know, brainstorm with them and help them uh, with that development process. Yeah. Yes, like I'm still hopeful, you know, that we find a, a donor to uh, build us a house in Hawaii. So oh. that my wife Kelly and I <laughs> yes. go out there, we'll maintain the house, and we'll run the couples retreats. Totally unselfish. I don't know if someone's out there listening. I'll sacrifice. I'll move my family to Hawaii. We'll do it. We'll do it for the community, right? Oh, so we don't have to worry about we paying fair fare. You just move. Okay. <laughs> no. No, yeah, totally. Hey, there's a lot of veterans in Hawaii. We could find yeah. them. There's VFW yeah. posts in Hawaii. I mean, we, we got See? it. Look at this. We're there. So if you're that donor, come see Spike, right? Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I appreciate your time, uh, Spike, and thanks so much for, uh, you know, uh, sticking with me. Ashley, like, uh, yeah. Uh, I just, I think, I think where I kind of, I kind of curious is, you know, it, we, you said your superpower would be time travel, right? Yes. If I think about going back and telling my younger self, like that one piece of information, that like nugget, right? For me, I think it would just be like, uh, uh, stay alive and don't spend so much money, right? <laughs> just something simple. I don't know. I'm just curious though. <laughs> like, perhaps you have something, you know, maybe a little bit better that can translate across our whole audience. So what, what would, what would your big takeaway? You travel back in time, right? 
we'll pretend like, you know, the rule allowed you to go like distill that one piece of information to your younger self with your new superpower. What would it be? What would you tell your younger self? You know, that's uh, that one. I would have to say, believe in yourself, right? Because there are so many things that we are successful at and we become skilled at, but no matter what, there was always day one for us. Right. Day one that you joined the military, day one that that, you know, you went on deployment, uh, you know, for my friends that, you know, are in the civilian world. Day one that they joined their, you know, their job, you know, day one in, in school, whatever that is, there's a lot of apprehensions. There's, you know, you have confidence, but at the same time, can you do it? I mean, I'm sure, you know, all all of that, it, you know, it affects everyone. And if you go back and you say, you know what, have the confidence. I, you know, I, there's a reason why I'm here. Oh. And from here, I think that, you know, you know, listening and, and building your network and also, you know, having the right group of friends that will help you, you know, succeed. And yeah. you never know where that will take you. So, Ooh. you know. You never know. And look at here you are, five years strong going on with Operation Red Wings Foundation. Then I know that's a testament to the programs we offer. You know how awesome it is and, and life changing. I know I've yes. been through a through a retreat. I know you've been through a retreat and that's why that's why we're here. Saving Absolutely. lives every day. And, and yeah, that's sure. the thing about it. I, I mean, I've had a personal friend of mine who very well connected in the veteran community and then you know he kind of just dropped off and then he called me one day and he goes hey uh i know y'all been waiting to for me to send my information in you know my dd214 i applied but i went through my survive day i you know Ooh. recently went through the divorce he goes so it wasn't y'all it was me he goes but i'm ready now i'm ready i said i'll be your battle buddy i'll help you you know, make sure we get you in. And we were very fortunate that that weekend there was an opening. Ooh. So he went and not only did he share this with, you know, the counselors, but sent emails and then called me and goes, that was life changing. <gasps> so that's what we is, love to hear. Is that is exactly what we love to hear. So, wow. <laughs> so can you believe we're already at the end of our podcast? I feel like we could just keep going and going. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, Spike, for being here today. Thank you for your service to our country, both in the military, especially the Army side of you, right, guy? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then also thank you yeah. for your service as a postal worker. I mean, that I always tell postmen, too. I'm like, thank you for your service because we got to get our mail. UPS, a little bit different than the post office, though. Yeah. Okay. They're the brown trucks. The brown oh, okay. trucks. Okay. So that's probably okay. It, it doesn't matter. When it's like holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Woo. you could be in the brown UPS truck. You could be in the white USPS truck. Oh, yeah. Those people want their packages. They're coming for you, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We want them. We want them. And last, yeah. lastly, most importantly, thank you for your continued service with Operation Red Wings Foundation. We love having you on. It's an honor to be on the team with you, Spike. Well, yeah, I feel the same absolutely. way. And let me tell you, it, to, to me, again, as I said, I, I'm, you know, found my passion in life, which is continue to serve veterans. And this is the one of the best ways that I have been able to do that is, you know, serving along some great people uh, and, and to help our veterans 
uh, with Operation Red Wings Foundation. So it, it is a blessing for me as well. Thank yeah, you. that's awesome. So for all our listeners out there, thank you. On behalf of Ashley, myself, our first guest, Spike, for listening or watching the Unseen Journey podcast with us. Do me a favor. Go ahead, like, subscribe, share. Let's get it out there, right? We want you back. We want to continue to have lots of listeners and followers. If you've got an inspiring story, reach out. Who knows? Maybe we can have you on as a guest. If you want more information about Operation Red Wings, somewhere there's going to be a link. <laughs> Jump on the link. And if you're nervous about taking the hardest step, which is getting on that airplane and showing up or driving to a retreat, reach out to us, right? Oh, yeah. All of us who lead these retreats, like Ashley and myself, we're all combat veterans. We all have been around veteran communities, and we all have families. So we'll be happy to help you and ease any of those nerves. Like Spike said, he helped his buddy get into that first retreat, and it was life-changing and saved his life. So again, on behalf of ORW, the crew here from Unseen Journey, thank you so much. And stay tuned. We'll see you again soon. Yes. We appreciate you tuning in to the Unseen Journey. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you're a veteran or a supporter of veterans, please think about contributing to ORWF at ORWFoundation.org to help veterans in their transition. We also extend an invitation to veterans to explore our retreat opportunities where they can connect with peers and embark on a healing journey. For additional resources, visit our website at ORWFoundation.org. Our heartfelt thanks to Operation Red Wings Foundation for making this podcast possible. Together, we can make the unseen journey a little easier for our veterans. Until next time, take care.